0: Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook
1: Sports,
0: available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now, the Dave Hooker
3: It's a good thing it's Friday, because for some reason, having some technical difficulties, I have no idea where that's coming from. Caleb, good morning on a Friday. How are you, sir? I'm good.
4: How are you doing, Dave? I'm good. Getting a slight echo. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? Yeah, I see. I'm
3: not hearing an echo. I'm hearing your voice come in and out. I was hearing an echo. Like, can we just start this thing over? Pretend that didn't happen. It's Friday. Here we go.
0: The Dave Hooker show, a presentation of off the hook sports, objective insight, expertise, top guest available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the off the hook sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker.
3: Great thing about having one of the best video editors in the biz is he can cut that out. Welcome to the program. (laughs) He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. We're off and rolling on a Fred Friday, a football Friday with Fred. And we look forward to Fred joining us each and every week. And we've got plenty to talk about, including uh, Dabo going rogue against his uh, career at Clemson. Also, the NCAA investigation is over at Tennessee. And ESPN has cited one particular player as having a breakout fall. So a lot to get to on a Big Friday show, as we always have a Big Friday. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Hit the like button. We appreciate that. It brings more people in. So let's get rolling as we've got a lot to get to. Good morning, Caleb Calhoun. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Happy Friday, Dave. Happy Friday to you. So uh, plans for the weekend. People could be watching this over the weekend and maybe you've already done them. Let's hope you stayed out of trouble and I stayed out of trouble. So plans for the
4: weekend? Getting wild? Doing anything crazy? Ten o'clock NBA playoff game tomorrow night for me between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. So I will be at my local pub watching that, watching the Grizzlies take a two-one series lead because Dylan Brooks is in LeBron's
3: head. I think he is. Um, by the way, um, so where do the Celtics play tonight?
4: Uh, let's see. Let me pull that
3: up real quick. Yeah, I know, it's Atlanta. Oh, it's, it's at Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, we all already
4: have it. They already have a two-one series lead. They're- well, I
3: know, but I'm a huge Celtics fan. And then the tickets will be cheaper because Atlanta fans are terrible sports fans in general. Yeah, that's going to be a home game for Celt- for the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, man. So we, my son and I slipped down there about a year about a year ago, exactly. And um, we got to see uh, the Nets with Kevin Durant and all those guys. And that was cool. And we got to see uh, Trey Young. And so like three future Hall of Famers, right? Which is super cool. That's not my favorite team. Yeah, you know, Celtics are my favorite team, and now I could get in for probably half the price that I paid for that Nets. I never thought I'd go out of my way to buy the Nets <laughs> ticket.
4: No, that's <laughs> a, oh, that's that's the funniest story to me. the 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 ending of that Nets franchise—they won a grand total of one playoff series with the way after getting together.
3: But if you you've gotten to know me well enough, if I would have told you twenty years ago, I'm gonna pay over a uh, hundred and fifty dollars a ticket to see the Nets. You would have said no, you won't. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, I, there was, there was, there was Durant. There was Harden. There was Trey Young. There was, was there Kyrie. Was, there at that time. He didn't play, of course. That was he's still in his COVID debacle. But yeah, so I, I don't I mean, know. Should, should, should I we're, we're all peons, and Kyrie's smarter than us. Don't That's you know. right. The world is flat. Should, should I jet down there? Maybe pick up a fifty, seventy five dollar ticket if I can get it. I
4: mean, why not? Why not see him take a 3 series lead? Um, you J- get to see Jason Tatum and Trey Young go at it. I mean, I think Jason Tatum might be the next superstar MVP, like multiple MVP guy in the NBA in a year or two. So,
3: hey, by That's- the way, I was reading this. So, if and I want to get to today's tough question brought to you by Craig and Wings. Um, but I was reading an article and uh, Wemba Niana, uh, the incredible French player. If you haven't heard about him, he's seven foot three, plays the perimeter. And he's just phenomenal. So he's the greatest generational talent since LeBron. He's going to be number one uh, in, in the NBA draft coming up. But um, if Nico's worth $8 million, what would a guy like that be worth to play one year in college basketball? Because we're talking about a guy who's shooting runners from the three-point line. I'm not joking. The guy's bizarro. Have you gotten into him yet at all?
4: I've read about him and like I haven't gotten fully into him, but I have heard some things. So we're talking we're talking Kevin Durant with like four more inches, aren't we?
3: Um yeah, that's a pretty good comparison, actually. But um but he wants to like change the game. Like he just worked on literally a runner from the three point line and he hit it. And then one game the whole quarter he wanted to shoot right handed, even though he's left handed, so he shot with his offhand, didn't miss a shot.
4: Oh my gosh. Uh,
3: I mean, it's like I'm—I'm re- old enough. You're not, but I'm old enough to remember LeBron coming up in high school. No, and I, I, watched... I
4: remember LeBron coming up in high school.
3: Okay, well, I watched both of them. I don't—I don't know that he's going to have the drive as LeBron, but this guy, I'm telling you, is a better prospect. Or
4: the health? Those seven-three finesse players can be very like Yao Ming could only last ten years because of that.
3: Yeah, if if that. Um, I'm not even sure he made us 10 healthy. But, oh, we've got a lot going on. Let's go ahead and get to today's tough question. As the NCAA investigation, the hearing of infractions is over. So we do that right now. It's a presentation of Craven Wings.
0: Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. the
3: Okay, God bless the many reporters who went to Cincinnati and sat there with video cameras and recording equipment and watched Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee's brass, Philip Bulmer go in and out of offices. I don't know that a lot of information was gained by going up there, but certainly if you want to cover that, go for it. If you want to sit in the uh, basically a conference room and you're not allowed to go in the hearing, but here we are. So the hearing is over. Everybody has been interviewed. Pruitt's wife was there. You didn't have a Derek Ansley that was there. And Niedermeyer wasn't there because I think their part in the case has already been resolved. But I ask you this. Now that it's over, let's make an official prediction. What will happen to Tennessee in terms of the NCAA investigation that hopefully will end sometime soon. So it's brought to you by Craven Wings. They've got the great brunch on Saturdays at the Choto location. Always fresh, never frozen. They're phenomenal. So the probe is over. I give you four selections on today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings. And it is probation recruiting travel limits or scholarship reductions, or a postseason ban. So, so far on our Twitter page, and it's a great way to react, by the way. If you want to interact with the show, we love that. You can go to OTH Sports Media or The Dave Hooker or Caleb Calhoun. And right now, it's uh, 36% apiece probation and recruiting travel limitations. Scholarship productions is about 18% percent Postseason ban, which I think is unlikely, is at nine percent. So, what say you and the message board as well? If I give you those four options, Caleb Calvin
4: Okay, so we're seeing no punishment, scholarship reductions, scholarship reductions, and recruiting travel limitations and postseason ban.
3: Well, are you counting probation and no punishment as the same thing? That's no, same I'm
4: not. Thing. Okay. okay, yeah, the same thing. I'm
3: yeah, going... but they're not—they're not, they're not going to avoid at least
4: probation. Yeah. I'm going scholarship reduction and uh, recruiting travel limit for a year.
3: Okay. Well, that then Travis says recruiting limitations. I think that's a given. I think they're going to take two or three weeks away. And that's one of those numbers that looks really good because you can say, we're going to take these four coaches off of the recruiting trail for this period. And when you add it up and let's say it's seven days per coach, you have 28 days. And you're able to save some face if you're the NCAA. I, yeah. think, there w- I think there will be some scholarship reductions because the NCAA wants to save face. I said this in a column that I wrote on offthehooksports.com. Mm-hmm. The scary thing to me from Tennessee's perspective is twofold. One, Jeremy Pruitt is not an NFL coach. He's not going to keep the job there. He needs to get back in college. If he were to get a Donnie Tyndall 10-year show cause, his career's basically over. So he's disgruntled. He's mad. He's got an ax to grind. And then the other thing that scares me from Tennessee's perspective is that the NCAA just added like 40 employees in their enforcement office. So they don't want to look like they have no teeth, even though they don't. But, Caleb, still, it's it's hard for me to imagine – a postseason ban. And I think the fact that Greg Sankey was there, the SEC commissioner speaks to the fact that he wants things to work out for Tennessee and it's better for the SEC. It's better for college football. That all being said, the NCAA does a lot of things that aren't best for college football.
4: Yeah, it's, it could be a really black eye with postseason ban, particularly if Tennessee, which I talked about earlier in the week now has a really realistic shot at the East. What if they win it? And then a postseason ban. I think back 1993, Auburn went undefeated. Terry Ballins first year. That was a bad look that they couldn't go play for the SEC title. 2002, Alabama with Dennis Franchione. They went, I think, 10-3 and 3 in the regular season. They won the West. Arkansas got to go because Alabama was on probation. I mean, those are bad looks. Ohio State in 2012 went undefeated. Didn't get to play for the national title. Like, these aren't good looks when this happens. It's one thing to just have a bowl ban and then that season be a loss. But there were... There are championship seasons that have been derailed because of bowl bands.
3: And- well, it's kind of like the Alabama thing, in a way different situation, but the Alabama basketball thing, everything, every time they came up, you mentioned the gun charges and the terrible, terrible incident that happened there. So no, it would be bad because you would miss a chance at a championship. But it, as you pointed out, it's also horrible PR.
4: Yeah it's horrible PR for the league. I mean, it's a black eye in a huge way. If a champion of one of your divisions, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what the champion then is by default. And by the way, one of the biggest beneficiaries of this was Tennessee 1990. The only reason they get to claim that sec title is because Florida was on probation. And you ask Steve Spurrier to this day, he takes a real, he takes massive umbrage with the fact that that 1990 Florida team's first team can't claim the sec title. And that's, that's something that it doesn't look good when that happens.
3: A couple of other facts that I uncovered. One, Tennessee drug their feet on this thing last fall because suddenly once they beat Alabama, you're thinking there is a chance to get in the college football playoff. So they drug their feet to not get a postseason ban last year. So for those that are upset that it's taking the NCAA so long, there's a reason. Tennessee drugged their feet because they didn't want the A possible postseason ban last year the other thing that you need to keep in mind are one philip Fulmer. what was he willing to admit that he did wrong and two what is good enough for jeremy pruitt i don't know if obviously a 10-year show cause that would put him in his late 50s before he could come back to college football he's not going to accept that would he accept two would he accept three what would he accept? So those are a couple of things to watch. And um, as far as a post-season ban, the, the NCAA hasn't done that recently. And I, and I look at, and this flies in the face of all tradition, Caleb, that I've been raised on. Okay, so since I've covered Tennessee, it's always been self-reporting, right? But what did LSU and North Carolina do when they were under NCAA investigation? They just basically gave the NCAA the middle finger. And they said, we're going to roll right on with this. Forget self-reporting. You had no teeth. Is Tennessee's approach in terms of self-reporting dated at all, Caleb? It might be. That's a good question. I mean, because
4: that's what, as you pointed out, that's what Tennessee has been doing for decades. And they've been doing it this way. Never thought about the, that. But- 40
3: years, literally 40 years. Yeah, was the first time that they did that.
4: It's um, that's a really good question. Here's the thing with the NCAA, and this is the truth of the matter it's only as powerful as teams allow it to be. It's only as powerful as teams allow it to be, and you know, because NCAA does a bowl ban. Okay, what happens then if the Sugar Bowl says we're not doing this? If Tennessee wins, or the college football playoff committee is like we're not doing this, I don't who cares if they? If you put in a postseason ban, we're still going to let them play. What are you going to do, NCAA? And,
3: you know, that's... Caleb, I I just, I think you're scared. I mean, I I think the only reason to be really fearful about this is if the NCAA wants to make some sort of an example out of Tennessee now that they have more teeth, which I don't think is going to happen. I'm not trying to scare everybody here, but it is a realistic conversation because they've looked like fools for so long. So they did that with SMU with the death penalty. Now, Tennessee's not going to get the death penalty, but could they get something more harsh than maybe they deserve? I think that's a real possibility, but I, I still don't think that the NCAA nor the SEC wants to see Tennessee suffer anytime soon.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I think with you, a program like Tennessee on the rise, everybody, need, everybody benefits when Tennessee is rolling, and we saw that last year, and I don't think the NCAA wants to lose that. You know it's funny during the 90s we always talked about it was kind of a big thing on how national media hates Tennessee national media hates Tennessee if you've been covering Tennessee the last 10 years national media has been desperate for Tennessee to return i mean beyond desperate because they it's it's funny watching Gary Danielson on CBS he like half roots for Tennessee to get back because he, in his mind it's like it was it was better for our network if Tennessee was getting these 330
3: games and you're absolutely right you're absolutely right. All right, so the message board, Travis says recruiting limitations. Joe says recruiting restrictions and hefty fines, probably small scholarship productions. Uh, Joe also says if they do a postseason ban, no one will let the NCAA within a 1,000 miles of their camps. That could be the case. It also could be the case where they're a little scared of the NCAA. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red says I feel like it will be nothing that will really hurt the program. I agree with that part um winning and this offense will bring recruits to us if they limit the on-road recruiting to that point with the transfer portal if you do have scholarship productions you can usually fill that in pretty quickly um smoky mountain red talking about what we visited about should philip fulmer fall on the sword and i wrote about it uh smoky mountain red saying the major thing fulmer did wrong he took the ad job and act like he was qualified to be an ad he sold that to me, sold that to everybody because he was part of a, basically like a hedge fund, I believe. And he, he said that I understand the business side of it and I understand the athletic side. It was like trying to get a job and you fill out your resume and you've got all the qualifications. So yes, he tried to sell himself. I mean, there's, there's no there's no questioning that he wanted the AD job very early in the process.
4: Oh, yeah. And the... the... The thing we saw with Fulmer was the thing we all expected with Fulmer as the athletic director, which is Philip Fulmer was going to run the athletic director on the the athletic director position from. To be fair, the business side and the athletic side. What he wasn't going to do was going to run it from the creative side. Philip Fulmer is just not that creative, (laughs) you know. So, and Tennessee needed a creative athletic director more than anything else.
3: Okay, here's what D points out. This is at the very least, I think that Philip Fulmer should do. If Fulmer agreed he made a bad hire and returned his buyout, I think you guys were right and everything goes away. Yep. And then they find a way to take care of him. D mentioned Spire. I don't care if it's a statue or whatever it is. It's one of those deals where you take one for the team and you say, I may have heard of some stuff. And it's not going to affect his legacy. His legacy is a coach and a long time ball. He He made him out of the College Football Hall of Fame. No, he made a mistake in desperation because he was trying to build his program back. That is what you could sell the NCAA. I don't think Philip Fulmer is going to do that, but that's what you could sell the NCAA. And it's over. It's over by the end of next week if he were to do that. But he's not going to do that.
4: No, he's not going to do that. Philip Fulmer, care, we, his legacy with Tennessee is more important than
3: Tennessee. And that, that's what he
4: cares about the most.
3: I think there's a lot a lot of truth of that all right um so go ahead and give me your thoughts on the message board what tennessee will receive from the ncaa now that that is uh over and uh we certainly appreciate uh, all of the uh, people that are already on board continually blown away by the number of uh, views and clicks we get on the youtube channel we hope you're enjoying off the hooksports.com because it certainly seems like you are because the clicks would reflect that and uh certainly uh, Philip Fulmer in the NCAA has been a big talk- topic, but so is this upcoming season. And there, w- I'm going to come across as the Joe hater. All right, here it comes. Aaron Murray, former Georgia quarterback, now an analyst with, um, I know, The Zone in Atlanta. I don't know if he does anything bigger than that because he doesn't talk a lot. But he says that Joe Milton is the most talented quarterback in America. A, I don't know that he's looked at every single quarterback. It's a stupid statement. There could be a second-string quarterback like Joe Milton was last year that we don't know about. It's a stupid statement. But he might be the most talented quarter, starting quarterback, and I think he probably is. But here's my question for you, Caleb. Is in some ways his talent setting Joe Milton up to fail – Because people are going to look back at it and say, super talented. Why didn't you get it done? I think that that's that's got to be a factor at some point. And it could be a factor if things don't go right, especially in Gainesville. The Tennessee fans could turn on him a little bit, which you don't want.
4: Yeah, there's there's going to be revisionist history, which is Anthony Richardson's – because we keep talking to Anthony Richardson and Joe Milton. So let's just talk about how this is going to play out real quick. Because Anthony Richardson is the highly touted draft prospect right now because of his raw talent, similar to what we talked about Joe Milton could be this year. And I can tell you,
3: if I may interrupt for a second, I can tell you from somebody within the program, Joe Milton saw in January the love that Anthony Richardson was getting. And he's like, I can outrun that guy. And I'm as big as strong and fast and have the same arm. And that's a motivating factor. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
4: No, that's, yeah. uh, I'm glad you said that because what's going to happen this year is, so Anthony Richardson is going to be a top five pick. There's going to be all this hype behind Joe Milton. Joe Milton is going to put up better numbers than Anthony Richardson did last year. But the numbers aren't going to be what everybody expected because of what's in their mind about Anthony Richardson. And they're going to forget that Anthony Richardson was highly mediocre last year for most of the season. And there's going to be this, it's going to be this, why isn't Joe Milton doing what Anthony Richardson did last year? He's going to be doing more than what Anthony Richardson did last year. But it's not going to be enough.
3: But you're saying the question is, why didn't he do as much as Hendon Hooker did in 2022?
4: Exactly.
3: Now, that's a scary good point that I hadn't thought of. Because what Hooker threw for like a cajillion yards, what, 50 touchdowns and three interceptions, it was a once-in-a-generation type of year. Joe Milton's not going to do that. No,
4: he's not. He's not. He may not throw the interceptions, but he's not going to get the touchdowns in the yards. That's just not happening in the efficiency, the yards per attempt, the completion percentage, that's not going to be there. I can tell you right now, that's not going to be there. Well, and they don't need it.
3: I think they will be a better running football team because they're, they will have more explosiveness out of the backfield. Again, I'm going to tell you Dylan Sampson is the star this year, barring injury. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's, you heard it here first. Dylan Sampson is your star. So I think they'll have more explosiveness out of the backfield. So, you you lose darnell right but they can lean on the run a little bit more and um i think the defense will be better so i don't think he's going to be asked to throw as nearly as many passes as hinden hooker was last year no
4: i don't either i don't either and there were issues last year with you're right tennessee didn't have an explosive running back they had two running backs who could do the job but they didn't have one that could be explosive you're right this year that helps a lot more and so the, the offense will change a little bit. He will not He he will still do enough to satisfy Tennessee fans. But yeah, with all the hype behind it, there's going to be, like you said, yeah, it's going to be, why is he not Hendon Hooker? And it's not going to be the same as, okay, because people keep bringing this up. 1998, no one complained that T. Martin wasn't Peyton Manning. Nobody really complained about that because they knew what they had elsewhere. Nobody expected T. Martin. As a matter of fact, I remember – this was like when I first started watching Tennessee and I learned about the option. I remember that Tennessee tried to run some option with T. They changed up their offense dramatically with T. Martin in 98. Oh, yeah. They tried to run the option a few times. And, and so no one expected him to be Peyton Manning, but people are going to expect Joe Milton to be Hendon Hooker. And that's just completely unfair to him.
3: Totally agree. And um, I don't think that, that, that the flip side that Travis points out, and this is a really good point. Uh, good morning to you, Bob, and please hit that thumbs up button so we can bring more people into the program. But Travis brought up a good point. Schedule is easier. So the numbers will be more comparable probably because of schedule.
4: I, 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 I The schedule is easy. I challenge that it's easier. I think Tennessee, even though the teams they played last year – Half the schedule is who you play. The other half is when you play them. So, yes, LSU won the West last year. The day Tennessee played LSU, the, the, the all of the factors going into that made LSU the caliber of a Virginia, not LSU. I mean, you know, that's – it, it no, matters when you play a team as much as how good they are.
3: Well, and but, you also had – a lot of things broke Tennessee's way. You had Bryce Young who couldn't participate in practice for the Alabama game. You know, yep. He was very limited. Um, but he still played incredibly well Don't get me Pittsburgh's
4: wrong His quarterback got hurt
3: uh, Yep, yep There was a lot of Will Levis was beat all the heck um, So yeah, there's a lot of factors That made the schedule easier last year That we didn't know about But on the surface This is a this is an easier schedule As of what yes. we know now As opposed to one year ago, right? I, I can agree with that
4: Particularly when like Would you rather go to LSU Or play Texas A&M When Texas A&M's about to fire their coach At home Mike.
3: I, I knew the moment that that was a noon Eastern kick, which is 11 central that Tennessee was going to win that game. I would have bet anything on it. Travis brings up a great point. Hop likes to score guys and he's going to. Yeah, that's true. Corson's the program brought to you by Zulbeer.com, XULbeer.com worldwide award-winning craft beer. It is unbelievable. And they've got parking downtown. And i tell you what, uh, that doesn't happen a lot. And they've got a great panoramic view, of a knoxville and you're gonna love zoolbeer xulbeer.com fred white how are you sir um <laughs> look at that <laughs> all right how's so, it
5: going guys
3: fred bad clock management on my part can you say we'll be back in two minutes and we will indeed be back in two minutes
5: this is off the hook and we'll be back in two minutes <laughs> love it
6: family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater.
1: Craven Wings has the cleanest, healthiest wings in town. We pride ourselves on our slogan, always fresh, never frozen. Come try us and discover the difference yourself. New location now open at the markets at Choto.
6: With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah.
0: You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free.
1: Is said nothing your people can't do.
0: Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. <laughs>
3: It's a football Friday with Fred. He joins us now. Fred White can handle all of your insurance needs there in the state of Georgia. Allstate, you're in good hands with Fred White. Fred, how do people get a hold of you, sir?
5: Dave, they can actually look us up online at um, fredwhiteallstate.com. They can also give us a phone call right here in the office at 770-381-0367. Give us an opportunity to show you that you're in good hands.
3: Yep, and you absolutely will be. Uh, Let's start it off with a question on our message board already. Travis said, Fred, you think LSU took a ranked Tennessee at-home nationally televised game lightly, or did Tennessee just dog-walk them because they were inferior? I think he's referring to a comment that I made that when that was a noon game and LSU practices in the afternoon, Tennessee practices in the morning, when I heard that was a noon game, I was like, Tennessee's winning this game. No question.
5: Oh, you said we were winning?
3: I thought it was yeah when when it was announced that the l s u Tennessee game was noon, which was eleven central I thought mm-hmm. I thought that was the safest bet that week in America that Tennessee would win that game.
5: I thought it was a trap game did you <laughs> You look at you go back and you look at the history of Tennessee playing games that are eleven o'clock in the morning or eastern time, and I'll tell you how many times we've won we not many we usually lose those games those are the games that always catch us in trappers nineteen ninety Nine, we played against Arkansas in Arkansas. Noon game, central time, 11 o'clock in the morning. Our time, we got beat. And that is the game. I hated playing early games. Even if you practice in the morning, it's just something about playing a football game at 11 in the morning. That's different. Now, I agree, but but you always practice in the afternoons. True. Tennessee
3: practices in the morning. I mean, those guys – you know, I, we, we talked to Cooper and Jacob. Those those guys are up and Adam at like 6, 7 a.m. and in bed by 9 or 10.
5: I mean, we were, I, up I, at, we, we were up at 6 or 7 in the morning, too, though. <laughs> I mean, working out. We, didn't, we weren't practicing, but we worked out early morning.
3: Well, that's a fair point. LSU, though, their fans were super hungover. I think we can all agree on that.
5: I, I was, they were hung over more because we whooped their butt. I'm going to give <laughs> them credit to what credit is due and I'm giving credit to Josh and that offense. I don't think they took us lightly. They just didn't realize what type of offense we were running and LSU plays 12 o'clock games every year, all the time. They play Arkansas at 12 noon, they play a few games at 12 noon. They just didn't they didn't realize what hit them so fast. And I I I applaud Josh for throwing the kitchen sink at them early.
0: Okay. I, defensively
5: I, I, we got a turnover on kickoff on special teams that started it off it got rolling right away and you know yourself if you give us enough chance to to, to score we're gonna score yeah,
3: very true go ahead and click that thumbs up button the like button so we can bring more people in we haven't talked to you since the orange and white game it's pretty short but what were your impressions anybody stand out what did you think of tennessee's final air quotes practice of spring camp
5: you know i don't take as much from the spring game as i do going to watch a regular practice mm-hmm. because spring game some of the guys may not play they may not play a lot you got guys mixed in and mingled in that may not never even be on the football field together period but what you get a chance to see in going to watch a regular practice and they scrimmage is ones against ones, twos against twos, those type of things. And ones against twos, you know, it's a different beast going to watch practice than it is just going to watch the spring game. But I did have my eye on two guys in particular, two freshmen. I can't think of the kid's name right now. My mind just went blank from Virginia. The freshman from Virginia, 6'2", kid. I wanted to see what he was going to do. I watched him in practice. And he was amazing, Selden. I want to say his name is.
3: Oh, Cam really. Selden. Yeah, uh, Um,
5: me. And then I also watched um, the kid from Knoxville, man, Bishop. I, yeah. I, I just wanted to see what those two guys can do. No, no, no offense to the running backs we already have. I think we have some really good guys. Uh, I like Small, and I also like Wright. I think Wright is a really good football player. I got speed. But there's something about a six-two running back in your backfield when everyone else is five. 11 you know
3: that's
1: true
5: um it makes a difference with the offense that we have i think he can keep the chains going and if we can have that one guy who can make those big plays it changes the entire football game for us on offense
3: if you have a question for fred post it on the message board or on our twitter account and we'll get it right to him think about deshaun bishop he's from Carnes, which Mm -hmm. is right next to powell and i'm going to go ahead and tell you that bishop as of November was going against a bunch of dudes who ran like a five, 8, 40 that were 148 pounds. That transition in three, four months to go to spring camp in the sec. just to even keep your head above water is saying something.
5: Dave, let me say this to you. There, there's talent in Knoxville. There's a lot of it. Some of it has to go somewhere else every now and then it gets overlooked. And one of those kids that I, I remember going to watch was, um, Alcoa, uh, Cobb.
0: Oh yeah, right
5: on. I went to Knoxville just to go to a high school football game. To go, I went to a Carnes high school football game, just to watch Bishop this past year. And I remember thinking to myself, "Oh yeah, he's an SEC football player. He's the best football player on the field." And not just myself, a couple of my other teammates went to go see him too against different talent. And you can tell, some guys just have it. He's wow. one of
3: them. Pretty strong. Uh, Caleb uh, is going to jump in here. I- I'm going to go ahead and go on record that I think, and we want to get your thoughts from some other practices you went to. I- I'm, I'm going to go on record. Dylan Sampson will be the breakout star of this upcoming season. Dylan. Dylan Sampson.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, running back brings a little bit more speed, but you really yeah. like Cam Seldon, so maybe I'm off well- base there.
5: No, but I, I I came to watch those two. I know what Dylan Sampson brings. I watched him last year, even though he was injured a little bit during the year, trying to get back to – he's the one kid that we look at and see. I see a mix of – well, I hate comparing guys, but he puts me in the mode of a Alvin Kamara. He has the speed. He has the moves and catch the ball out of backfield, all those type of things. I see him, right, small. But then I'm watching these two freshman running backs. It's a crowded room right now.
3: Oh, it is. And um, I thought that Seldon, maybe they were just putting him there to take up snaps in spring, like Kirsten Biggers and stuff. No, that that wasn't no, the case.
5: That's not uh, the case.
3: Before we get to Caleb, Mr. hold Jones- on,
5: hold on, hold on. I got to put some respect on Kirsten Biggers' name. And that's my <laughs> that's my roommate from. He was my roommate for a year. Well, I can't. I'm not doing him like that. No, nope. but he
3: wasn't an SEC no. back.
5: <laughs> hey, man. I got much love and respect for Kirsten Biggers. I'm not. That's my. He was my roommate for a while. All right. I, I can't. So, I can't do him like that. So can I, I, I throw Michael
3: like... Brewster under the bus?
5: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what that is.
3: <laughs> he was the next Kirsten Biggers. A <laughs> few <laughs> years after you were gone, he was the spring star, and then he was <laughs> gone. All right. Let's get to Caleb. First of all, though, Mr. Jones said, is Fred related to Reggie White or Danny White, Tennessee's athletic director? Neither. <laughs> Especially
5: not Danny. <laughs> I actually like Danny. Danny's doing a good job, man. I, I'm I'm proud of what he's doing. I think Danny's doing a good job with what he's doing with the stadium. I think Danny is, he understands the one thing that you need. And a lot of people, I don't think they get it at the moment. You're going to need a lot of money. A lot. Because the NIL situation, it's just scratching the surface. It's not, this is about to be, this is going to be, College football free agency, if you understand what I'm saying. This is what this is going to be in in the next five to ten years. That's what this is going to be. So in order to be able to get there, you need to generate as much money as possible. And the guys who have the most money, in my opinion, are going to be the guys who are going to win the games and win championships at every level. Agreed.
4: Fred, before I jump into talking a little spring, I just first have to ask you because we were talking about it uh, earlier you're in Atlanta. Dave's thinking about going to the Hawks-Celtics game three tonight.
5: My question is hey, – Can you hook me up on that, by the way? <laughs> no, not that. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out – I mean, I didn't get the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> no, my question to you,
4: to troll Atlanta sports fans, will there be more Hawks fans or Celtics fans there tonight? <laughs> hey, hey,
5: hey, hey, hey. Dave! I'm going something- to have to have a real sit-down with Caleb when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> He comes in just throwing haymakers every time. I mean, <laughs> goodness! If I just not know how to duck on Bible Weave, I might not be, I might not be on the screen. <laughs>
4: hey, he had bro, I'm person. a Grizzly fan. We have our, we've taken our own licks this year because John acted stupid has been acting so
5: stupid <laughs> all year. <so> like. <laughs> I'm I'm a fa- I'm a Hawks fan all the way. You know it, and that's man. We don't have it this year. <laughs> did we have the talent absolutely we have talent but I think that we let a really good coach we've let two really good coaches leave yep. Budenhauser that won two championships now let that guy get out of city well he did he was drinking and driving in on the streets of Atlanta it was probably time to go <laughs>
3: no, no one here has
5: ever done that but Terry McMillan I thought he was going to be a good fit and it just didn't work out. Sometimes your, your star player and your coach don't get along, and all of a sudden it's gone. Um, I think he did a really good job when he first came. They made a few changes, and he thought it would be good for the team. But I think we kept the wrong guy when it comes to athletes on the word or should have never left Atlanta.
3: Fair enough. I'm going to start breaking down uh jason tatum's game here in a second no i'm not all right taylor bring us back to the (laughs) balls.
4: um so thinking with spring ball a lot of the talk was and i know you've been to a few practices a lot of our talk was about who steps in at cornerback because i think tennessee desperately needs somebody to fill the void did you see anything from jordan matthews or ricky travis or any of the newcomers in the defensive backfield this during um during the
5: spring i watched my dbs um and i watched them more during the you know, spring practices, and I saw some good things. We got some good receivers out there, too. I mean, you got some guys that can go get it. These young guys can, can run. They're fast. They got good hands. Um, I got to see more. I got to see more. I didn't get a chance to evaluate the guys who transferred in as much because I only got a chance to watch two practices. And I kind of spread it out because I want to see those freshman running backs and I want to see those freshmen that came in early, those type of things. Um, but when I come back in the summer, I get a chance to watch some seven-on-seven, seven, DB drills, those type of things, and it gives you an idea of what you have. Watching just regular drills against no one shows you a lot about a DB. Work ethic, technique, does he stay high? Can he come out of his breaks? You can tell from that point whether or not they're going to be good football players or not. Um, but I, I'm waiting to see what happens this summer and just kind of look – I'm looking forward to the summer workouts and going to be able to see them do that.
3: Yeah, I have, I have think, a better
5: assessment then.
3: Yeah, and I think for a lot of those that may not know, you talk about the seven-on-sevens. I think the summer can be as big for linebackers, defensive backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks as, as, as spring can. So there's yeah. a lot of – there's a lot of growing – Left to do. We had a question about uh, receiver Nathan uh, Leacock, and also you mentioned the receivers are really good. So yeah, you can kind of address him, and then uh, Dante Thornton uh, would be one, and then Squirrel White would be the other, who are probably going to be competing for that slot position. Just give me your thoughts on them and the receivers as you saw them.
5: Well, I think we got fast. I mean, we you know we lost, we lose some speed, and we still have some speed, and we gained a few. Um, and, and one guy has a few more inches on the others. Um, I, the kid Dante from from Oregon, I think he's going to be a good add. For one, he can run good routes. He's been in the game before, and he's already been on a big stage. Um, he understands what it's like to be a college football player. Now he's never had opportunity to uh, play against SEC talent itself for playing against Georgia, but that's what it's like every week. And to see him excited about the fans coming out for spring game. Lets you know that he hasn't seen what it's like yet, um and when he's lighting up that scoreboard it's gonna be a different story. I think this kid's gonna come in and do some big things for us because he can stretch the defense, whether he's on the outside or whether he's in the slot if he's in the slot he's an automatic mismatch um for for the, because of size uh, and speed. Uh, I think he's gonna be good for us there Keaton, I like the fact that he can he's a re, he's a kid that can Catch the ball, he runs the right routes, runs really good routes, catches the ball with his hands. Um, he puts me in the mind of the kid that plays for maybe not as fast as him, but the kid that plays for the Eagles right now from Alabama Smith. He mm-hmm. always comes back to the ball. That's something that a lot of receivers don't understand. But if you're a guy who's just more has, has relied more on your route running, you have to do every little thing right. And I see him do those things for as coming back to the ball. Um, that's going to be something that helps for us possessions and those type of things. Um, we haven't even talked about Bruce McCoy. No. And he's not even healthy right now. That's another receiver that's going to give us something else. Um, I think this is his breakout year, if you ask me. Um, Lee Cop. I think he's going to work his way in, but I don't uh, – with the portal and the things that are going on and the receivers you already have on your team, I don't put a lot of stock in freshmen. No. I don't. Not not at the receiver position, not at the quarterback position. Running back is usually the only position where a freshman comes in and just lights it up. I yeah. haven't seen anything other than that. I haven't seen a receiver go for 1,000 yards as a freshman. I just haven't. The game is different. You got to understand the game different. You got to understand how to read routes, understand how to read defenses and how to come out of your breaks and where you fit in the offense. You got a kid like Squirrel White also that's sitting there who's already done some things for you, and I think this is a breakout year for him as well. Him in that slot um, changes things as well. Uh, different speed. You can do a lot of different things with them, sweeps, reverses. Um, it makes our offense that, that much more potent.
3: Good stuff. Fred's appearance brought to you in part by andymasonrealestate.com, andymasonrealestate.com. When you're looking for a realtor, Andy's your guy. Over 40 years of experience in his office, Andy Mason, real Estate.com. I've known Andy for a long, long time, 30 years or so. So you can trust Andy. And if you go with another realtor, it could cost you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. He'll find you the right home. And here are his two business tenants. It's pretty simple. Best prices, best service. That's pretty easy, kid.
4: Fred, I wanted to, before we, we'll get back to Tennessee, but there, there's something that made me think of you this week. And um, it's, 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 it's what you told me a couple of weeks ago when you had kind of educated me a lot about the things Ryan Leaf went through in San Diego. And I don't know if you saw Bill Pullian just straight lied on Ryan Leaf this week where he said that Ryan Leaf, the reason they took Peyton was because Ryan Leaf told him that they were go- he was going to go party in Vegas after being drafted at the meeting. Well, the whole story up until now was he was never at the meeting to begin with. So, and Ryan Leaf called him out on that. What were your thoughts? I don't know if you saw that,
5: that Bill Pullian lied on him like that. I, I think a lot of people have their own narratives on, on Ryan without knowing all the facts. And sometimes people just make up stories. Um, and in this case, I'm glad he called him out. Good for Ryan because you don't get hooked on pain pills in the NFL without someone giving them to you. true. So you true. go find him and buy him himself? I don't think so. He now, got them from the staff.
3: Yeah, and the, the thing about the Polian thing that is bizarre to me, I mean, he had a great career, but about three or four years ago, he said there was no question that they were taking uh, Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf which isn't true because they had a Ryan Leaf jersey printed up. They, they There was still question the week leading up to the draft. And the other thing that he said that I'm curious with your eye, he said that at the time they thought Peyton's arm was every bit as strong as Ryan Leaf. No. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. He no. said that about three years ago.
5: I, I, don't, I love Peyton to death, and Peyton's arm is not as strong as Ryan Leaf's. No. Not on Peyton's best day was his arm stronger than Ryan Leaf's. Not even close. I think Not he even, even close. That. <laughs> Peyton, Peyton knew where to put the ball, knew when to throw it. He knew how to throw the ball early and those type of things. Mm-mm. Ryan Leaf could throw a ball through a wall. Seriously, he had a cannon.
3: Yeah, now I, I-
5: watched it in practice. I watched it go over my head a few times, too. So, I, trust me, I, I've seen them both. I've watched Peyton's go over my head, and I've watched Ryan's go over my head. And I'm telling you right now, Ryan Leaf had a strong arm.
6: No,
3: I. I but Polian has had such a great career. I don't know why he goes revisionist history, and I think it kind of hurts his credibility uh, a, a little bit. Um, anything else that stood out to you as far as uh, you, you were at spring camp a lot? Uh, not necessarily the spring game, as, as you mentioned, that you don't see nearly as much, but anything else that stood out? Any other players?
5: I can't wait to see this kid play this year. I just need him to get through the summer, get some football season. Kid's number is 27. And you know who I'm talking about.
3: Well, he James,
5: says, uh, what is his last name? Oh, Pierce. Man, let me tell you something.
3: That's yeah. so I hear the same thing. He's got to get through Ooh. the summer. He's hey, got to get through the summer.
5: Just get through the summer, kid. <laughs> get to the. Get through the summer, kid. Get through the summer and get to football season where you're just taking care of business. Listen, yeah. man. That kid can go. He is you know how you talk about kids and talent? And you'll tell a kid that man, you, you're walk your ticket. You have all the tools to get it done on the football field. You have the golden ticket. Just get him to the football season. Somebody bubble wrap that kid and walk on. Hey, if you see him on if you see him on campus, guys, make sure you just walk with him, corral him. Make sure you if you see him anywhere in the city, make sure he's going in the right direction. Okay? Yeah. You need I, this kid on the football field. This guy can play.
3: I think he's already been assigned a a, a guardian, a, a mentor, from Please. what I'm told. Um see, and, and <laughs> Tennessee hasn't an had he needs to get through the summer. I just want to put it like that. And he, He's
5: one of those kids that don't come around every That type of talent, that type of ability, if channeled in the right way, he's one of those kids that you're going to see on Sunday and he's going to play for a long time. I, but I, he I, hasn't played much at Tennessee yet, and that's a lot to say about someone. But what I've seen so far, yeah, he, he has it. That kid has it.
3: I I will share this story of a conversation I had with Lane Kiffin. And I said, Ron seems like a guy that goes hundred and ten percent all the time. Do you ever worried about do you ever worry about him getting burned out? And Lane's response was, No, he's better when he's busy. Yeah. He needs to stay he needs to keep his hands busy.
5: busy. He does not need to get bored. <laughs> it's, it's we you. Right, the board. minute
4: Edward has something to do, he might get in some trouble. <laughs>
5: Yeah, he, yeah, you need to make sure he has a lot on his plate. A lot. He might show up to Marlon Wallace's grandmother's
3: house with a couple of pops in him. Who knows?
5: <laughs> uh, anyway, you
3: know, <laughs> might be asked to leave and then that recruitment's over. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there as maybe.
5: He might come back with the Golden Goose. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He might come back with an egg on his face. He might
3: scare the the goose, the gander, and everybody in the goose's family away. Exactly. That's what happened. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. And i tell you what, they've got over 50 years of experience in Knoxville Integrity Matters. So if you need work on your unit, you know, they're not just going to suggest a brand new whole unit necessarily. You may need that, but you may just need a part or two. Uh, Fred, as a prospect, go back in time. You were a prospect, what, about 10 years ago? So, yeah, um,
5: yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um,
3: would you, is this like way over a prospect's head? Are they thinking about things like NCAA investigations? Do they look at, I mean, if if you were to hear a bowl ban or a postseason ban, I should say, of a year, or you were to hear scholarship reductions or anything like that, would that affect your decision?
5: You're talking about now or back then?
3: Well, a little bit of both, if you can kind of mush them together.
5: Well, back then, absolutely. Because you want the whole point of going to college and playing college sportsman and division, one, well, you want to be on TV? With opportunity to play, you know, in a bowl game. Being on TV means your family get to see you. Because some guys are not going – I didn't go to Georgia. I went to Tennessee. That's a four-hour drive. You know, sometimes they may not be able to make that drive. They get a chance to watch me on TV. But if I'm in college and I can't even be on TV, why am I going there?
2: Yeah.
5: I, a, a prime example, Dave, I committed to Miami in 1994. October the 28th, on my sister's birthday, I committed to Miami. December something, December twenty. 5th or 20, 23rd or something like that we found out they were going to be on probation no TV, no bowl game for two years you realize Miami's recruiting class went from number 1 to like 17 in a matter of minutes myself, Javon Curse, Dante Culpepper Peter Ward uh, Ryan Bootchamp. we all went to different schools after that wow yeah
4: so it you would be best. White and John curse playing on the same defense. <laughs>
5: Man, I, I was going to Miami. I sure was. But so, so to answer the other part of that question is this if a school is going on probation now, you can actually get paid to play college sports now. That means they are really in trouble. Absolutely, I wouldn't go to school it.
3: they're they're not in a little bit of trouble (laughs) the firm talking to with my kids they're in like grounding time
5: absolutely that's not yeah i mean you get in trouble for something now you did something major because you can actually pay them now
3: yeah fred again how do we get in we want people to click that thumbs up button the like button so we bring more people in but subscribe because fred joins (laughs) us each and every friday so fred again Man, Allstate, you're in good hands with Fred White.
5: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my staff is a really good staff as well. It's kind of short right now, but we're adding to it. Uh, Melissa is a really good person. When you call and she's answering the phone, I guarantee you she's going to be very pleasant. And you might want to talk to her. or you want to talk to me. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, no, we we make sure we take care of our business with our clients. Uh, we try to make sure they're in good hands at all times. Um Just give us a call whenever you decide you want to have a conversation about insurance or want to buy some insurance. We love that, too.
1: No doubt.
5: (laughs) Uh, Just give us a call, uh, 770-381-0367, or you can look us up online. You can actually get a quote from our online page. Uh, You can ask questions from there. You can actually text me. Um, It comes directly to my cell phone um, from our online page as well. So just give us a call if you got questions you need answered, if you're looking just to get a good quote. Just give us a holler.
3: Fred, throw in high heat. As always, you're in good hands with Fred White and Allstate. All you got to do is Google him, Fred White, Allstate, and you can run him down, and he'll take care of your insurance needs in Georgia. We've teased a little bit the Celebrate 98 series, but uh, that's that's coming, and it's exciting, and we're going to talk to all the key balls. And can you believe it's been 25 years, Fred? <sighs>
5: It, it feels like yesterday. Still, it does. It still feels like it was yesterday. Um, some of the same stories, some of the same memories. Man, 25 years is a long time. I'm I'm happy to be still here 25 years later to still be able to enjoy the same things we enjoyed back then.
3: Yeah, there were a couple of times I'm not sure Fred and I were going to make it this far, but we did.
5: <laughs> Ooh, Dave.
3: <laughs> did that, that did not know. Eric Barry was something else. Um, <laughs> I think Austin Price is lucky. He came back at all. All right, great great job, Fred. We appreciate it, Fred White, Allstate. And we'll visit with him each and every Friday, buddy. Have a great, blessed weekend.
5: Hey, man. You guys, too. Go boss
3: thanks fred i appreciate that they could use go balls on the baseball diamond as well so uh coming up one of tennessee's chief recruiters has lost his great in his great appeal we're going to get to that right after this stay tuned this is a production of off the hook sports and also philip former falling on the sword i want to dive into that a little bit more portions of the program brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han. Look at me. I can see no contacts, no glasses. It's awesome. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han local vision done correctly. there in the Knoxville area. They can do the uh, annual visits. They can also do cataract surgery. They can do LASIK surgery like me. They've got it all two minutes. And then that head coach, it's losing his appeal and it's one of Tennessee's chief, Recruiters, so it's for the balls. Stay tuned, two minutes off, folks. Force
1: and craving
0: wings, South North Shore location, where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. But who is this? número 87, Jacob
4: Warren.
5: I'll just do six in my sauce 87, please.
4: Imposible, senorita, dale seis más. Look at these wings perfectas, deliciosas, fantasticas.
5: Man. I don't know what you're saying,
0: but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish?
4: Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Wings and get you Seismas.
1: What was funny about Kate is we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program but if we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now i got to do something about it.
2: You can take your life back. Call CATUS today.
6: Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hong at cctis.com. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I wanna be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us, Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater.
2: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Um,
0: who's this guy? Hello, wizard The Dave Hooker Show. Who? A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker.
3: Who has smashed the like button? I hope it's you. Have you subscribed? We're at a bit of a milestone coming up. A couple of thousand subscribers in less than a year. We're excited. So if you haven't subscribed, please do that. But also, click that thumbs up button. The like button helps us bring more people into the conversation. So I teased just a moment ago the fact that one of Tennessee's chief recruiters Is getting in his own way. One of Tennessee's most uh, important areas in recruiting may open up slightly because this coach is on the downhill slide. There is no question in my mind. Why would I say that? What the H?
0: What the? Why was he thinking? Release the hounds for Dave Hooker Show. K- 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 keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All
3: right, so here we go. Dabo Sweeney is no longer a player's coach. I believe that firmly. I don't think he was for NIL. I think he played up the part of. Pastor Dabo, um, kind of like Hugh Freeze, although I think he was way more authentic than Hugh Freeze. But now Dabo is going to have to cut some walk-on players that received a scholarship because he's over the scholarship limit. We also, have Brent Venables, who left, I think, he was an incredible defensive coordinator, but not a good head coach. So let's go ahead and jump on that right now. Dabo Sweeney, your thoughts on what he has said publicly, what has been reported, the fact that he might have to pull some scholarships from former walk-on players who earned those scholarships. How big of a deal is this in recruiting for Clemson, for Tennessee, Caleb?
4: This is huge. So to quote what he said was, so Clemson has 88 scholarship players due to an influx of seniors that are coming back for their final year. They didn't expect this many. Davo came out and said, we quote, we didn't anticipate seven seniors coming back. We do a good job in managing our roster, but that put us over. They all know we tell them up front, we can't guarantee you this next year, but hopefully we will be able to keep you. It is what it is. That is the life of a walk on. No, it's not. If you're a walk-on and you get a scholarship, that's not your life. At that, You're a scholarship player at that point. And
3: this is um, – I've never heard of a walk-on having a scholarship pool once he got it.
4: I haven't either, In ever.
3: 25 years of covering college football, I haven't heard of that.
4: And I know these are walk-ons, and that's different from players on the recruiting trail, but this stuff travels. This stuff travels, with, comes across as a coach who doesn't keep his word – He's already, as you talked about with the NIL money, has come out so he- heavily against it. This is a problem. Da- you said it. Davo is not the players' coach he was seven, eight years ago. I mean, I remember twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Excuse me, Kelly Bryant. I think started the first game, and then Trevor Lawrence came in. Davo went to Kelly Bryant and said, "Look, I'm starting Trevor Lawrence. He's the better quarterback. I will help you to get to transfer to wherever you want to go and." In the school that's best for you, which Nick Saban would never do. And that really helped Dabo's credibility. He would do things like that all the time and players respected him. The media respected him. He might even say, he might even wade, not like Mike Leach level, but he would wade into the political waters a little bit, but he would do it in a very respectful way where even if his players would by and large disagree with him, they still respected him because he would actually have a conversation and not cast aspersions on anybody. This is bad what he's doing right here. And he's already hanging by a thread, as you talked about, with the coordinators losing or with the coordinators gone, Tennessee emerging. There's not room for Clemson and Tennessee to both be powerhouses. I've said that for a while. And we talked about the Orange Bowl being somewhat of a changing of the guard. And I feel like Dabo Swinney is just he's adding more nails to his coffin when he does this.
3: Yeah, I think it's I think it's outside of his choice. Okay. I think when you build a program up and the Brent Benables, like at Tennessee had David Cutcliffe, they go on to become head coaches. I think you erode a lot of that. I think that his lack of willingness to accept NIL was, was just dumb. Um, I understand you may have a philosophical, uh, issue with it. And perhaps I do, perhaps Caleb does, um, I don't, but if, if I did, obviously <laughs> Cooper Cooper, Mason, Jacob Horton who work with us, I wouldn't tell you about it. Um, so he could have kept that quiet. The bottom line is Clemson fan. And when we talk objectively about all, all programs, Clemson's on the way down. It simply is. There's no arguing that they won two championships. They had a special, special defensive coordinator who's not going to be a good head coach, but Uh, really shored that end of it up. And that's what Tennessee had with uh, John Chavis. Maybe not as special as Venables, Caleb, but similar in that when they had talent, they would put pressure on you and they would get things done. But Chavis couldn't get that head coaching job for years. So Philip Fulmer was able to take advantage of that being taken off his plate and be a great recruiter and help put together the offense. So Clemson fan, I'm sorry, you're not going to win another championship. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have to face the toughest teams in the SEC right now come college football playoff time, whether it's 4 or 12, I don't see you stacking up. Listen, you had everything on the line against South Carolina, and so did Tennessee. But Tennessee is a younger program under Hypoel than Sweeney. You had everything on the line, He you didn't get it done. That's a simple fact. Clemson is on the way down. Can they change it? Lincoln Riley's brother comes in to try to run a different offense. Maybe they can change it, Caleb. But if I were asked to bet a mortgage payment, I would say that's not going to change. And Dabo Sweeney, like Fulmer, would just kind of muddle along for six, seven, eight years, be slightly competitive, and then at some point the fans will outcry too loudly and you'll have a change. That's the way this is going to shake out Clemson fans. Sorry.
4: Yeah, and let's also – Break this down. Clemson's got two national titles. They weren't the two. They weren't the best team in the country, really, either of those years. Maybe the Trevor Lawrence here they could make a case. But what really happened was they should have been better the next year. They should have. You're right. What really happened is they won the. You know, they coasted through the ACC without getting banged up at all because they're playing an ACC schedule. Then they get to the college football playoff, fully healthy in. They usually got an easy game in the semifinals before they played Alabama in the national title. Alabama got banged up going through SEC play, it, and, and and that's how Clemson won. Okay, when the college football playoff expands to 12 teams, which it's about to do, Clemson will still roll through the ACC fine. Well, now you got to win three games in the college football playoff. You're a lot more banged up by the time you get to the national title game than you are in a four-team playoff. I don't think Clemson will have enough to... I mean, we talk about this all the time because I remember when Boise State would upset a Power 5 team, everybody would be like, see, they belong. It's like, okay, you can do that one game, but can you do that week in and week out? And they never had the depth to do that. Clemson does not have the depth to win a national title in a 12-team playoff. They just don't.
3: And that's going to expose itself too. Here's the other thing. South Carolina is recruiting really well. I mean, South Carolina picked up three commitments this week and four over the past week or so, 10 days. And if they have to face off against South Carolina, let's not forget this. I know I'm showing my age here. South Carolina is still the state school. I mean, so, you know, you're going to have, and it doesn't seem the case based off what's happened over the past 20 years, but there's a lot of allegiance to South Carolina over Clemson. So what can Clemson get done sure they can win the acc sure they can go back to the orange bowl because their schedule is so easy but competing for a championship not going to happen and travis says for about 10 years Dabo was getting the players tennessee was supposed to get that little stint is over and it's back to being mediocre right now would a t higgins or amari rogers go to clemson over tennessee no H, no there's and, no way and,
4: and let's let's not forget it started not with the tennessee player but a tennessee commitment the whole clemson brand was built because lane kiffin forced taj boyd out of his scholarship it's very true that doesn't happen Dabo swinney doesn't make it to 2012 as a head coach i'm just telling you guys that right now taj boyd saved him and built clemson's profile just enough while tennessee was falling for him to be able to recruit more elite players like you said but you you talked about the south carolina thing yeah it's funny Dabo Sweeney's first five years as a full-time head coach, 20, 2009 to 2013, South Carolina beat Clemson every year. That was, now, that was during the heyday with Steve Spurrier and Jadavion Clowney. But you're right. South Carolina, there's no reason to think they can't compete other than, I'm sorry, Gamecock fans, I don't want to live in Columbia. You come at me. I don't really care. It's not a fun place to be.
3: <laughs> Kudos to Dabo Sweeney for getting the most out of that program and the most out of his coaching ability. Yes. I don't say that. To, that sounds like a backhanded compliment, and maybe it is. But if you would have told me that he's going to win two championships after taking over for Bowden and he was kind of a default hire, I would have said, you're insane. He did that. Did he get lucky? Yeah, a little bit. You could argue Tennessee got fortunate in 1998. It's it's done. It's, it's over. And Clemson fans don't want to hear that, but it's a fact. Tell you what will help them get through it. Go to crafttreats.com. Crafttreats.com will offer you the chill pills that'll help with your Clemson football anxiety. They're actually meant for your pet, but go for it. They have the CBD infused uh, chill pills and they're awesome. Helps with anxiety, arthritis, also will help with your pet's digestive issues. It's just awesome. And if you don't go with the chill pills, you can always go with many of their other products. Great holistic uh, pet treats that. Are going to absolutely make your pet feel better and they will be happy to eat them. Use the promo code off the hook, promo code off the hook at crafttreats.com, and you will get 20% off. How incredibly awesome is that? I think pretty awesome. All right. So I want to get to uh, another topic that, <coughs> excuse me, I just wrote about on off the hooksports.com. So I'm going to change gears a little bit. So Clemson, you're off the hook. I didn't mean for it to sound like that. But anyway, you're off though. Um, Nick Saban said recently that he thought playing LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee was a bit much. Josh Heupel retorted when asked about the Tennessee-Alabama rivalry, he said that's something that's very important to our fans and we want to keep that. At this point, as of April... 2023, who cares more about their program, Nick Saban or Josh Heupel? Wow. While you're thinking, let me lay out some of the parameters. Alabama's done a lot for Nick Saban. Nick Saban's done a lot for Alabama. Josh Heupel, I think, is a long-term coach. But do we ever really know? No, Florida didn't think Steve Spurrier was going to step away in 2001. So with those parameters, what would you argue? Who cares more? Not about what they do in 2023, 2024, 2025, but the long-term health of the program. Smoky Mountain Red already saying Saban is very comfortable and nearing retirement. So, Caleb, what say you? Because Saban has been an orchestrated guy. I think he was orchestrated in what he said about the permanent opponents. I don't think Josh Heupel is necessarily orchestrated. I think he wants to play Alabama. I think it's a recruiting sales pitch, and he knows that Nick Saban's close to retirement. Who cares more about the long-term health of their program?
4: I think I would have to say at this point, based on the evidence, it's right now Nick Saban. And I say that in this way. Nick Saban's a little more focused on recruiting than Josh Heupel is. Josh Heupel is more of a schematics coach, which is fine. That's fine. But a schematic when a schematic coach leaves, you don't leave the cupboard as stocked as you do if you're a recruiting coach like Saban. The other point is, it's really hard to argue against Nick Saban's... Comp- this guy's got six national titles at Alabama, and he's still coaching like he's hungry for his first. I mean, I want to know what's... And I respect it. What is in somebody that makes them so successful... And Satan talks about this all the time. The human nature is to uh, survive, not thrive, which is whenever we reach a goal of something, we it's natural for us to rest on that goal in our laurels. And he's got this thing in his head where he's never satisfied. And I mean, he's like, the only thing better than six national championships is seven. The only thing better than seven is eight. And I wonder what is in a person or a coach that makes them that way. And I, I can't, and maybe it is about him personally, but... Alabama certainly benefiting from it. Like I you know the phrase we're going to win so much you're going to get sick of winning. It's like Saban doesn't get sick of winning.
3: Well, I, I think it's I think it's Josh Heupel cares more about the long-term success of the program. I think Nick Saban as he proved by coaching at LSU and then one of LSU's fiercest rivals Alabama that he is what most coaches are and that's a mercenary, right? I could be proven wrong tomorrow. Josh Heupel could bolt like Lane Kiffin, but he's fooled me. And I wouldn't have said the same about Butch Jones. I think Butch Jones, had he been successful at Tennessee, would have looked for another job. I think that Jeremy Pruitt, it's hard to say. I think Derek Dooley would have. Man, with those guys, there was just no upside. So I don't think that they would have looked for another job. But I think Butch Jones would have. I think all those guys would have. I don't think there was any tie to Tennessee. For instance, if Georgia came open, Derek Dooley's would have gone to Georgia had he had success at Tennessee because his dad coached there. Um, you can say the same thing for Clemson where he was a wide receiver. So you could what,
4: say India, that – Virginia.
3: or Virginia, excuse me. You could say that Nick Saban now maybe has some loyalty to Alabama because of the ties over time. Listen, these guys, they show up and it's, it's a job. For the most part, I really believe and I could be proven wrong and I sound like the ultimate homer here. I believe Josh Heupel is the is the exception of the rule. I think he loves Tennessee. I think he wants to be at Tennessee. Travis asking about Oklahoma. I don't think he goes there unless there's a massive administration change. And we, we've discussed that before because he was run off from there.
4: But that's I, the point hypo it, ta- it would take an administrative change administrative change there's nothing that would get Steven to leave alabama at this point
3: but he almost left for texas just about 10 years ago
4: i think he flirted with it i think he flirted with it for a contract i don't think he was ever serious
3: i think he was- flirting with it is enough for me to hold that against you same thing with rick barnes and ucla to be honest with you
4: well, rick barnes admitted he'd have taken the ucla job if it wasn't for the money tennessee offered i mean he straight up said it um I don't think Saban had any intention of going to Texas. I think that was a Mike Gundy move. You know how Mike Gundy always flirts with Tennessee when an opening comes and he does Mm -hmm. it to negotiate a contract raise at Oklahoma state.
3: It's like there's a bat phone from Tennessee's athletic director office to Mike Gundy's office. Oh, it's Mike. Hey Mike, how's it going? And then he, he he might
4: do it. He'll be a man and he's, it'll be, I'm a man. I'm 60. And um, what I'll say with LSU, though, we know this. You know this. I know this, largely from you, but other sources I've read too. Saban did not like Louisiana. He hated Louisiana. Yeah. He hated being there. So if he were still at Louisiana, I would say he, the hype was more loyal to Tennessee. I think he genuinely likes Alabama. And, and, and so that's, that's where I would say kind of the
3: difference is. See, I don't think Nick Saban cares what happens to Alabama the year after he retires. I think Josh Heupel cares what happens to Tennessee in the next 5 to 10 years because he plans on being the coach at Tennessee.
4: What if a Saban protégé takes over Alabama? You don't think he likes, you don't think he's happy when his proteges are successful because that's another feather in
3: his legacy? Caleb's proteges are like Jeremy Pruitt. Also pretty Smart. Well, Kirby. Kirby
4: Jimbo Fisher has a national title.
3: I give you Jimbo Fisher. I like Mel Tucker, too. But
4: I don't. His coaching trees. All successful coaching trees have failures. I mean, Bear Bryant had a lot of failures from his coaching tree.
3: I think this. I think if Texas called tomorrow and said Steve showed up with a couple of pops in him this morning at practice. And we need you, Nick Saban. We're going to pay you $20 million a year. I think he'd entertain it.
4: Okay, but okay, you don't think Hypo would entertain $20 million? Who wouldn't
3: entertain $20 million a year? There's part of me that I don't think he would. And maybe I'm being – I know it sounds homerish. I know it sounds naive and stupid. But there's part of me that he, he realizes he got kicked at the curb in Oklahoma. He had to go the UCF route. He had to work his way up. I think he is more appreciative for his success now. And no, I don't think he would bolt as quickly as Saban. I so really what don't. There?
4: What about instead of loyalty to the programs, loyalty to the athletic director? Do you think with Josh Heifel, it's about loyalty to Danny White? Because Danny White gave him his first head coaching job at UCF. And by the way, I don't know if you remember, that was a very highly criticized head coaching hire when Danny White yes. did that. And then Danny White brought with him brought him with him to Tennessee. Again, a criticized coaching hire. Do you think it's possible Hype was loyal to Danny White?
3: Loyal to Danny White, but I think Danny White wants to be the next commissioner of the SEC.
4: I mean, I, gosh, he would be brilliant. I know you and I disagree. I think Greg Sankey's riding a wave. I think anybody could be a commissioner of that product <laughs> at this point.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know yet. Well, he did add, He He a Texas and Oklahoma. So you have to get that. That's his wait, no, Texas and Oklahoma reached out to him. Who's going to say no to that move? That wasn't a genius stroke. Man, I, don't a stroke know, genius. Man. I don't know. That's risky bringing those teams in. No, it's not. It's I not risky to, to risk bring it. Texas and Oklahoma. Well, I, that, that is going to be his legacy his expansion. Okay. So Slive's legacy was cleaning up the conference. Um, Kramer's legacy was, was the BCS. So, that's a pretty good legacy to bring in Texas and Oklahoma, whether or not they called or not.
4: Yeah, okay, but this is, I say this about Roger Goodell all the time because people are like, look at how much the NFL's exploded in popularity under Roger Goodell. No, Roger Goodell just oversaw that, but you and I could have overseen the NFL exploding in popularity. It's, it's like being an oil executive. When you can sell oil, you're going to get rich because that's an easy product, unless you're Jimmy Haslam who manages to bankrupt it. But unless you're Jimmy Haslam, if you have oil, you make money. <laughs> and so... It's the same with like being the commissioner of the SEC or the commissioner of the NFL. I told you it's a massive indictment against Greg Sankey that the Big Ten got a contract, a TV contract worth more than twice as much as the SEC when the SEC brand is so much better than the Big Ten's
3: bassy lawn and garden man alive it's worth the drive in cleveland whether you're in knoxville nashville or chattanooga they have the industrial and commercial mowers to fortify your fleet or build a brand new one they've got commercial mowers as well toro count on it bassy lawn and garden man alive it's worth the drive austin says hype fell in love with the university of tennessee it started with the old miss game you could tell in his voice in the post game that was when i knew we had him Austin, I am the guy that will tell you that every coach is a mercenary and would leave in a heartbeat, but I agree with you. Could I be naive? Could he leave tomorrow? Yes. Could I be foolish? And Are some people going to say that I'm a homer? Yes. But I don't get a check from the University of Tennessee. I'm telling you what I honestly think, and I think he honestly wants to be at Tennessee until his mid-50s or beyond, and he's 47-ish. Let me contradict
4: Austin just a little bit. And you're right. Hypo backing the fans after that whole throwing stuff on the field incident resonated well with Tennessee fans. But I can tell you this. Had Lane Kiffin been coaching at Tennessee, and he's the ultimate mercenary, he also would have backed the fans even more vociferously. Lane Kiffin would have told them to bring more
3: golf balls in the next the next week. <laughs> That's true. But are you questioning whether or not Hypo, though, is genuine?
4: I think Heupel – no, I think Heupel is genuine. I think Heupel genuine. I'm just saying – I, I even think Hypel to a degree. Look, I think if Oklahoma clean house with its staff and cut ties with Bob Stoops, Hypel would consider going back to Oklahoma. I think Hypel takes it personally, what happened with Oklahoma. And I think, and we all know, look, he, he was set up to fail. He was, he had an offense forced on him that he didn't want to run. And he still managed to average 40 points a game. And he still got fired at the end. It was embarrassing what Bob Stoops did. And I, I think that relationship is irreparable because of that.
3: I think it's irreparable but you're saying that he would at least take the phone call if Stoops was gone and Oklahoma needed the coach and they're going to with Brent Venables being a complete goofball as a head coach. You're telling me that he would take the phone call?
4: I think if Stoops is there, he might take the phone call and he'd say, hey, you want me to cut ties with Stoops, get rid of everything that ever had to do with Bob Stoops, and then I'll call him Yeah,
3: I hope he's not that vindictive because being vindictive like that can cause you to make bad life decisions.
4: Being vindictive like that is why Josh Heupel ran
3: up the score of Missouri last year. That's different than moving your whole <laughs> family out west and going to another school. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a little different.
4: I mean, look at Michael Jordan. He took everything personally.
3: Now, it, it,
4: it worked against him because I think, I think, I don't know how you feel. I think Michael Jordan retired early out of loyalty to Phil and vindictiveness to Jerry Krause, and I think he right. actually regr- regrets that to the end of his, he's going to regret that to the end of his life, retiring early. 98
3: mr jones says hype will ex- exudes genuine you can tell he cares about what he is doing and hype would never stoop i see what you did there mr jones um hype would never stoop that low
4: you guys are so like oh my god my coach is of great character and nobody else is. Well, you know i'm not
3: like that and i, <laughs> I don't know if you're not <laughs> every time that, uh caleb goes into the british accent that means that we're <laughs> It's going to be condescending to our <laughs> listeners and watchers. He oh, loves you. I have
4: the most amazing coach. The oh. character, the character I, of the coach is so important and in the integrity.
3: Well, I will tell you that things that Josh Heupel has done that I don't necessarily agree with, like running off players nowadays. I think he's done that with some of the quarterbacks. Um, but now I think he, I think if he were, if God stepped down right now and said, I can guarantee you that you'll have a successful career, but you have to sign a lifetime contract with the University of Tennessee. I think he would do it. I think think he's happy where he is. I think it was a destination job from day one, and it always bugged the ever-living heck out of me that people said it wasn't a destination job, that it was a stepping stone job. Sorry, that's South Carolina. That's Mississippi State. (laughs) That ain't Tennessee.
4: Wait, wait! I gotta respond to Travis because he he's coming at me because he says they they all can't be Brian Kelly. Okay, nice. Character wise, Brian Kelly's a bigger snake. I also, Brian Kelly is a snake. Okay, like character wise, I have nothing positive to say. Dude put on a fake Louisiana accent his first day in LSU.
3: Well, and he danced with that prospect, and he that
4: was embarrassing.
3: That and he may have been a part of killing a young man, but other than that,
4: wait, what? I didn't even know that story.
3: Oh, yeah, he was up on – he was filming practice and high winds. Oh, yeah,
4: that's right, the Notre Dame pra- – yes, yeah.
3: that's right. I'm not his, here to defend his Brian His family Kelly. hasn't forgotten that.
4: I'm not here to defend Brian Kelly's character. I'm just saying Brian Kelly is a good X's and O's coach, and an X's and O's coach at LSU is a dangerous combination because LSU has – they have not been run by the best and the brightest of the last 30 years.
3: Yeah. Rebecca's saying <laughs> I don't believe he wouldn't even think about Going back to Oklahoma, you can totally tell his passion in interviews. He's the real deal. I I agree. Um, and and listen, um, I know that these guys are mostly mercenaries, but I believe uh, what Rebecca's saying. I believe Josh Heupel. And we'll leave it with this. Rebecca also said, Caleb, you're killing me. <laughs> this has been a production of Off the Hook Sports. Have a fantastic day, weekend, whenever you're watching and we're with you each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate that. Helps us out a lot. And uh, more on the Celebrate 98 series that we're very excited about. So we've got a lot going on off offthehooksports.com. We've got apps so you can listen to all that. You can follow what Caleb cuts up via the apps on Apple. And uh, what's the other thing called? The Android the android
4: Android. Android.
3: doesn't it seem like somebody could have come up with something better than android i mean look they ran blackberry out of business so (laughs) fair uh fair there's a blackberry movie coming out by the way uh he's caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker have a fantastic whenever you're watching and this has been a production of off the hook sports
2: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win